1: Hey, thanks for listening to the Saturday Night Freak Show Podcast. We're a movie talk show that comes your way every Saturday, whether you're ready for it or not. Hey, do us a favor. Wherever you found us, go over and give us a like or a star rating or give us a review. All of that stuff helps us get found by other like-minded folks like you who are into the same stuff that we're into, which is awesome and sometimes weird and sometimes big and sometimes little movies uh these are what's 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 your kink (laughs) well these are the internet radio superstars
2: holly michaela
1: sean and i'm colin and tonight we watched a movie that was chosen by you that's right this is the culmination of uh our, our listener choice month voting Uh, block we do this every year this is kind of an annual thing that we follow up uh in the first month of the new year we uh we appreciate you guys listening to us like seriously uh and so um you know if this is your first rodeo then we you know take some suggestions we put them all on a list we put up a poll you guys get to vote and so we're going to watch the top four vote getting movies uh for the next four weeks starting today so that's yeah that's how much we love you
3: our gift to you
1: because we love you. Well, I'm actually kind of surprised because uh tonight's movie is like a um a very well-known movie. And maybe that's uh, I think most of the films that you're about to hear us do are probably fairly well-known in uh, in the horror and sci-fi circles. Um tonight's movie, who wants to tell us what it is? I think you should, Colin.
0: Okay. If I, I would say, if anybody lays claim to this movie, I think it's you. Well, that might right. be true. I'll,
3: I'll ask. I'll ask. Colin, what did we watch tonight?
1: Uh, tonight we watched John Carpenter's <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China.
3: That's, that's what we.
0: Well, I'd say that's what we need because Colin's just like somebody take this, please. Somebody take
1: the <laughs> intro, me. please. Now we'll I have to go. This. We'll I go around the table the for the next one. Yeah. Uh, this is from the year Holly, nineteen eighty-six.
3: lovely year
1: that's right and it was of course directed (laughs) by john carpenter because this is the thing that we know about our listeners is they like some john carpenter uh we've done
2: so much in the past year
0: where was their love for escape from l.a (laughs)
2: <laughs> Where was the your love? That loves that movie. Where was your love?
3: <laughs> it's you, only you. Yeah.
1: But we also did you found Christine. It. You
2: were the one person,
1: <laughs> right? We did Christine uh, last last Listener's Choice month, I think. No, no, no. no that no. was
2: a Holly pick. It was, that was, it was the yeah. fog. The fog was the fog.
3: Yeah. The yes. fog was yeah. the listener
1: Choice. That's right. And we did John Carpenter's Body bag So we are very slowly working through through the maestros, uh, right? Village
0: of the Damned.
1: Yep. We did In the We've Mouth of Madness.
0: One, in the Mouth of Madness. We've
1: done They Live. Did we do They Live? I we was not they live. We talked about him on our Halloween 2 episode.
0: True. We talked about him in our version of the, the thing episode.
1: That's right. We did the... The, 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 re, the new one. Re, re, yeah. What do you call it? It's not a remake. It's a sequel. We piece shit, Colin.
2: Um, prequel, actually, so... Yeah. So that's right. Sorry,
1: it was a prequel. Um, so John Carpenter, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, we've been talking about him a lot. So you can go back and hear uh, uh, our our thoughts on the man, the myth, the legend. Who is he? has John- a
3: pillar. He is a pillar holding up our wall.
1: That's very true. Um, John Carpenter. Most- I think we. Oh, sorry. None. Well, we were talking about it on the last episode. It's like there's a feeling that I've always had that John Carpenter is a guy who kind of landed in the horror genre uh, because Halloween was so successful, right? But um, the horror may not be his first love in in cinema.
0: No, definitely yeah, not. This,
3: so do we? And this this movie is kind of I mean is kind of his interpretation of his first love, right? Which is the western. So this was because this was supposed to be a Western, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Tell me about that. Do you know, you know about that?
3: I've read a little bit about it. Um, I know it was supposed to be like an 80s Western, uh, which it kind of is in some aspects, but it definitely morphed into his wheelhouse, which has become horror.
0: And uh, he had said he's always want to make a karate movie, so.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah so there's a, there's a couple.
2: But I would definitely watch this as a Western. Oh, for sure.
1: Yes. Well, apparently the studio didn't agree with you, Michaela. Unfortunately, I mean, it would have been kind of cool, but it was written by a guy named uh, Gary Goldman and another guy named David. I'm sorry. I have completely forgotten his name. Um It was an, set in the 1880s or 1899. And it was a Western that took place in San Francisco in Chinatown. And uh the, the studio <sighs> said there's too much oriental mysticism here and in an underground thing and then we're like coming back you know modern day or or sorry uh, and then it's a period film and then it's a you know and it's a western and this this is just too much we got to update this and make it at least modern so modern audiences can kind of buy into this thing
3: It's, Uh. it's like on the it's like on the one hand i feel like at this point the western hadn't evolved into more possibilities so i can see their point but they were totally missing the potential they could have they could have started something with a mystical western like that would have been amazing i feel like if Mm. that idea had been pitched 10 years later it would have gotten made yeah
1: yeah there's a lot about this movie i think is kind of ahead of its time Mm. um because
3: just like you describing it being like chinatown san francisco and like the gold rush that would have been so fucking cool
1: Yeah, that was the thing they kept. That was the thing they kept, they said, was basically the the uh, low-pan storyline was kept from the original script. Everything else was kicked out. And um, I think, you know, as you guys were saying, I think for Westerns, like the Western was dead pretty much the only, but the year before 1985, uh, was the year that we had both, uh, Silverado, which was Lawrence Kasdan, the guy who wrote uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Empire Strikes Back. He made this big, like, kitchen sink Western, which is like an ode to the old Hollywood Western. It's probably one of the greatest. I like it a lot because it is like the, the definitive, uh, like well, this is the Hollywood Western. And uh, we also had Clint Eastwood. He came back and did uh, uh, *Pale Riders. So those were the. That was really, you know, where the western was. And I don't think the western really like was really reinvigorated until like *Dances with Wolves*. And then after the success of that, like everybody had to make a western. You know. Yeah. Um. But the other thing at play here is um the Chinese martial arts movie um what do you guys do you guys have any like experience with this uh like massive massive genre of uh of films chinese martial arts
2: minimal yeah <laughs> in my me. wheelhouse not <laughs> mine mean, either but we've
0: yeah. uh we i mean we've covered a, uh i mean probably in the in the whole spread of things the probably not a lot but we've covered a, a few shining examples of the genre on this podcast before um it's always fun fun. it's always enjoyable to watch
3: because like as far as like chinese martial arts movies like i don't know how extensive we've gotten into that but we've definitely watched a lot that has been influenced by that we've watched a lot of like the 90s martial arts movies on the show i have brought more than my fair share (laughs) um don't glare at me sean they've been great um but, like, I don't know how extensive we've gone into, like, the actual, like, Chinese cinema of martial arts.
1: Yeah, because there's, I actually, the last year, because, I mean, this is, like, a big deficit in my uh, filmic, uh, you know, experience. There's, uh, I mean, because the Chinese has have a very functional uh you know film industry that basically cranks these things out obviously bruce lee came out of it in the the 1970s there's uh, a huge amount of stuff i mean usually you know like the 37th chamber of shaolin that's a good one uh you know stuff like that the five deadly vedoms and these movies would play in america but they were like basically relegated to the grindhouse uh, inner city grindhouses i don't even know if these made it to like um you know like drive-ins in the rest of the country they were pretty much um It seems like, you know, New York Times Square kind of things. And Mm -hmm. um, all of them basically employ like, you know, a lot of martial arts. And uh, there's always like a guy coming from the Shaolin Temple who's, you know, and gets into a a thing somewhere. I mean, they're basically the Chinese version of the Western. Mm -hmm. Right. So which is where the the Japanese had the samurai uh, films. These are like these countries, which is ironic because the uh, the British, they don't have the Western. They have the gothic horror movie that's their western uh. right <laughs> but the other guys they got uh, they got these uh martial arts movies so there's uh, the 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 martial arts movie here i think really became like a thing um with the release of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, right? So that was in the nineties, oh, yeah. and then there's this huge wave and interest in, uh, in Chinese uh, martial arts movies. We're bringing over movies like Hero, and yes. um, what was the House of the Flying Daggers, and like, yeah. you know, and then video companies started getting a hold Red of Cliff. them. Red Cliff. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The John Woo movie. I mean, there's, a, there's yep. a ton of them now that you can find. The Ip Man movies are kind of recent, and all this other stuff. Oh yeah, but. That's the thing about Big Trouble in Little China, predated all this. I mean, it's like it's 10 years ahead of its time, and it was a huge bomb when it came out, unfortunately. Uh, It came out in the summer of 86, and it was uh, bookended, I think, uh, uh, if I remember correctly. I remember 20th Century Fox had The Fly, Aliens, and Big Trouble in Little China. All came out that year, and uh, Big Trouble in Little China was basically seen The way I remember it as a, as a kid, when it came out was like, it was going to be the next like Indiana Jones and the temple of doom, right. Which had come out two years prior. But I mean, even when you look at some of the set design and stuff like that, at the end of this movie, it's like the temple of doom, but with neon, right? Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right.
3: Um, and, I, and, um, and didn't I don't I remember reading that um the production of this was like rushed to be finished early because Eddie Murphy had the golden child coming out and they wanted to beat that release because it was very similar. And everyone's like, well, everyone loves Eddie Murphy. So that's going to rule the box office.
1: Yeah. Eddie Murphy. The golden the child. Have you seen it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it.
3: No,
0: yeah. I've never seen this. <laughs> well it's uh there's a snake lady in it, I'll give you that.
1: <laughs> and Charles Dance playing the bad guy, Sardo Numpsa. Oh. I remember he
0: right. can, can turn into rats and stuff. It's uh it's fun.
1: So it's a mystical kind of oriental thing, like the kid in that the golden child is like the um Dalai Lama or something. He's like, you know, yeah, kid in
0: the... he's special. Yeah.
1: Is there a lot of martial arts in that? You got to refresh my memory. I haven't seen that since like 1986, but I mean, is it a martial arts movie?
0: I don't think so. It's more like he's a, he's a cop in that movie and he's trying to find the kidnapping and all that stuff. I don't think so. There's definitely more in this movie.
1: Yeah. And the golden child was a big deal because Eddie Murphy was like a superstar coming off of, uh, you know, like Beverly Hills cop and all that. And I think mm-hmm. that was two years before um john carpenter was coming off of starman you guys seen starman
3: forever
2: i haven't never heard anything good about starman <laughs> never
1: <laughs> starman has one of the best performances uh i think jeff bridges has ever given in his life it's a you know because he plays like a, a an alien that's in a human form yeah and he just just him acting he's trying to you know like experience what it's like to be a human it's like very like you believe that guy's an alien you know yep. it's a really
2: good <laughs> i think he's
0: i mean i think he's an alien anyway i mean <laughs> most likely
2: alien? i don't just know sure. just it fucking a, looked like oh, one yeah. in that tron movie just a weed oh, yeah. smoking alien is what that guy is <laughs> like
0: he came down
2: here the first thing he found
0: was weed and he's like i'm never going back
3: i mean i agree wow. he's definitely not mortal i'll give you that
2: <laughs>
0: well there's that yeah
2: that's the thing people who had an issue with um some of the effects in the mandalorian go back and watch tron legacy and tell me what you think
1: yeah with the uh, the head replacement of young young jeff bridges as they were trying to do that
2: <laughs> terrifying uh. absolutely terrifying
1: <laughs> um but yeah i mean carpenter's career tra- trajectory um you know after i mean because basically it's what it, uh, he had three massive hits in a row i think which was uh, halloween the fog and escape from new york And then he went studio and he made uh, The Thing remake for Universal, which was a huge bomb in 1982 and is now regarded as like one of the A, the greatest, one of the greatest horror movies, one of the greatest science fiction movies, one of the greatest sci-fi horror movies ever made. (laughs)
2: The greatest (laughs) remakes ever made.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Also true. It is generally thought of as better than the, the original movie um it is
0: definitely better than the original movie
1: (laughs) and i
2: think after that they're not even really the same movie no no, it's not
0: it's totally different
1: yeah because he's going back to the source but i like it when they do that like if you're going to remake the movie you know it's like you know oh yeah don't give me the exact same movie which is unfortunately the prequel basically is the same movie but you can hear our podcast on that
0: Don't, don't say that that's not the same movie. How dare you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he did. Then he moved over to Columbia Pictures. He made two movies for them. That was uh, 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 Christine, which I think was well regarded because it was a Stephen King adaptation. Stephen King was a big deal at the time. And then Starman, which was like, this is a John Carpenter movie? from the guy who made Halloween. He's making like this sci-fi romance, a kind of a, you know, uh, it's like a delicate movie. You know, uh, it's it's is it good. His
0: bridges, bridges of Madison County.
1: Yeah. But it's not what you would expect from John Carpenter. You know what I mean? But I don't think Big Trouble in Little China would be either. Doesn't feel like it, no.
3: No. There was very few. There's very few moments in this that I thought, okay, that's John Carpenter. Very few moments.
0: It felt more a little like It looked like Tommy Lee Wallace visually, but that's the Dean Condit of it all yeah but this felt more like uh maybe it's just the difference in time this felt more like halloween three than it felt like you know another john carpenter movie you could feel the dean cundy although
1: is this the last movie that uh dean cundy he's the cinematographer is this the last movie that dean cundy did with john carpenter
0: damn good question i'll look it up
1: i think it is because after this uh the 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 failure of this movie at the box office because i think they were kind of positioning this movie as like this is going to be the indiana jones movie of 1986 it's going to be a huge you know colossal hit everybody likes kurt russell you know it's action adventure it looks like temple of doom um, and then when it failed, which Carpenter and Kurt Russell, I think on some of the commentary tracks are blaming the studio for not supporting it, which I think the studio didn't know what to do with it. Cause they were like, Oh, you do we don't quite understand this movie to market it appropriately to bring in the yeah. audience. And so, um,
3: yeah, cause I remember seeing that like test audiences really liked this movie. So Kurt Russell was convinced. He's like, this is it. This is going to be huge. And then saw absolutely no marketing for it
1: yeah because i just i don't even remember if i remember trailers i mean again it depends on what you were watching at the time but i do remember like you know seeing the um like the fangoria article you know behind the scenes and i remember seeing the poster art and stuff like that and being intrigued by it and it's like oh it's john carpenter i think uh when i met him that was the thing that i asked him was um you know it's like usually on your posters you have john carpenter's um uh, but what movies have you not had that on? Because uh, what was it? I think like Memoirs of an Invisible Man doesn't say it. And he said Big right. Drum, A Little China, I think was the other one.
2: It's funny you say that, Colin, because a friend of mine, when he met him at a convention, he had like a, a poster of the thing he wanted him to sign. But it was like, a, like an artist poster done by someone else and uh he he was taking pictures of john carpenter like unrolling it to sign it and the poster said john carpenter's the thing and john carpenter got really mad at him he's like where'd you get this from i didn't authorize this i didn't say this was my movie and so like he has these picture progressions of john carpenter getting like (laughs) slightly angry and yelling at him
3: (laughs) oh wow that's better Uh, than an autograph (laughs) i think it it does on the
1: poster doesn't it say john carpenter's the thing
3: I I don't know,
2: but I think the issue was that this was, like, an artist's poster Mm. and not,
3: like, an official movie poster. Right. So his name was on, like, a creation that was someone independent.
0: Yeah. His his name is not on The Thing, and it's not on Big Trouble in Little China. It is in the credits, though. John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China and The Thing. Yeah, on screen. Yeah, on screen, it's still his. Okay. Um, And Dean Cundey, the last one together, was this movie. Um, so this was their last project together. Uh, in looking up Dean Cundey's thing, I did notice he shot, uh, big business and nothing but trouble. So, uh,
2: <laughs>
1: the same year,
2: that, that poor man, he's probably not, not the same person anymore. after shooting <laughs> no. that movie.
0: It, it, he can't be, I'm just find it, it funny that he shot big business.
3: There is no way that he hasn't had years and years of therapy because of nothing but trouble. I've had did, therapy because of nothing but trouble.
0: <laughs> did nothing but trouble get onto our list? Like to vote for. No, they must no, love no us suggestions
1: then. for nothing. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> Just went right past everybody. But see, that's the Guess thing. It's if you, up to me. If you talk about a movie long Sean, enough,
3: and you, I'm not even yeah. <laughs> kidding.
1: All right, you all prepare because it's coming at some point.
2: I don't yeah. know if I can ever eat hot dogs again because of that movie. Like, I think it, it ruined hot dogs for me,
0: guys. It ruined- it's the 30th anniversary this year. Oh, it ruined the shit.
2: airport
3: for me.
1: Well,
0: yeah oh i damn.
2: can see that it's it's it's, it's definitely the worst thing funny. he's ever done yeah, you know and see. when people when people say they you know like oh dan Aykroyd has ideas for ghostbusters three and like so you just need to like let him make it no have you seen nothing but trouble don't fucking let him make anything like no. that have you seen his weird youtube videos of with about the crystal skulls like no don't These the, alien theories with the yeah. one where he's like smoking in the hotel room and like that's just, what i mean yeah. yeah don't let it don't let him do anything <laughs>
1: Wasn't he the host Speaking of the Psy of Factor back in the Sci Factor? I, he, didn't Jonathan Frakes host Sci Factor? Oh, I can't remember. Um, I, no, that, that was... Dan Aykroyd has a thing for the the and the, and the unknown. Um, but we mentioned Dean Cundy because Dean Cundy and John Carpenter together. Like those are generally the John Carpenter movies. Uh, they have a certain look that, you know, I mean, I guess is attributed attributable to Dean Cundy. And once the two of them kind of uh, went their separate ways, Carpenter's output changed uh, in its look. And I think, uh, you know, nothing that he's done since big trouble in little China has really been like, uh, you know, the the great john carpenter stuff. Yeah. Um interesting, you know, but uh I think maybe this might be at the end of the uh the 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 peak john Par- john carpenter. Um the the studio had uh, WD Richter come in and rewrite the movie. He's the guy who got rid of everything except for the low-pan stuff. W.D. Richter uh, also wrote um, the Invasion of the Body Snatchers remake. He wrote the Dracula remake with Franklin Jella. and I believe he wrote and directed a movie called The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. Uh, so, W.D. Richter has an uh, uh, interesting filmography. So, he updated it to modern day, right? Uh, San Francisco Chinatown. I don't know. Like, I heard... That they uh, they looked at, um, oh, God, who was it, uh, instead of Kurt Russell uh, for the lead?
0: Bill Paxton.
1: No, it was somebody. Bill
0: Pullman.
1: No, it wasn't like Schwarzenegger or Stallone, but, I mean, maybe Clint Eastwood or something like that. I can't remember, but uh. Uh, that that might be completely wrong. But this movie, like, lives on its ca- Like, this is a very well-cast movie, I think. I mean, am I wrong on that?
3: No, it's a good cast. Benefits
1: the, roles. the thing that kurt russell is doing here uh i think everybody has said and i i think you can see it right and we're going with that western theme in escape from new york he was channeling clint eastwood right snake plissken is a variation on clint eastwood but jack burton is john wayne right is he doing like a john wayne inflection
3: I didn't get that sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see someone interpreting it as a modernized John Wayne, um, because he's kind of like the the grizzled, like almost every man, but like heroic every man. So, like in that respect, I can see it. It argued that he's a modernized version of it. Well, he's got the feel swagger. Like yeah. He's,
0: well, trying. he, he sure. yeah, he is trying. You can you can hear it in the way he like rounds some of his words that make it sound like a a little bit like a Did John Wayne. But dues, he's Jack? he's he's trying to be a square jawed like American dude. Like yeah. he's just trying to be like you said swagger. Like that's what he's trying to go for.
2: Yeah. See, I I find John Wayne very bland and like the antithesis of charming. So I feel like Kurt Russell could completely coast on just his charming nature and still be more compelling than john wayne you know yeah
3: that's that's why i'm like i can see the argument trying to be made but i feel like
2: well
1: yeah, maybe i'm specifically talking a about like a, a vocal rhythm more than the actual trying to adopt the characterization he does this in death proof Uh, even more he leans into it you know some people say i got a black book but i actually have a black but you know i mean that's like an extension it feels like of what he's doing vocally in this movie
0: that he's doing it a lot because that's kurt russell too like that's just the way he (laughs) delivers a line yeah but but he's but he's kurt russell though so he can do that like he's good at that
1: so the the thing about this movie okay my initial experience with it when I saw it in 86, um, I was not a giant fan of it, like right out the door. And I wonder if it has something to do with this. Um, Jack Burton is not the hero of this movie. Uh, true or false. It's Wang.
2: Yeah, it really, sh- it it's Wang because it's Wang's movie and it really should just be about him.
0: Right. But, but it's funny because it's like Wang's, it's like there's another movie going on with just wang yeah and i feel like uh, we could have followed him and done another movie it's like yeah. seeing the same thing from two different <laughs> well, perspectives no, Sean, i feel like we sh- could have done that
2: no the movie should be wang's movie because it's his fiance that gets taken like the, the, like jack burton is really shoehorned into this story
3: yeah, yeah. he well, is the I mean, sidekick wasn't yeah. it Carpenter's intention that they were both the hero, that they were like equal parts in this movie? Mm, I don't
2: yeah, think but
3: think
1: it I comes mean, off that way. I don't think it comes off that way it, because uh, when, when... I think any, that
3: was what he initially wanted, and then the studio was like, Kurt Russell's your star.
1: Well, there was a... I know that there was a... Um, Kurt Russell's the short round in this movie. Yes, he, <laughs> I, I think so, because any moment of action that takes place in this movie, uh, Kurt Russell ends up losing his weapon and has to go chase for it And by the time he gets back like wang and his buddies have like kicked everybody's ass or like like, charges into battle shooting his gun at the ceiling and knocks himself out when the uh bricks fall on his head and misses the beginning of the battle he's always like (laughs) it's yeah
0: and wang wang is going through the hero's journey Mm because he starts out in a certain spot and then he ends up doing like 20 flips when he comes into a room like it's like it was going on in the background all the time always there they just didn't focus on it they just said this movie's about the sidekick yeah he's going through the big journey over here but we're going to focus on kurt russell
1: yes this is a subversive movie where they're like you're going into it thinking you're getting indiana jones but you're actually getting the sidekick and Mm wayne Uh, Wang chi i'm not sure what his last name is I think it's Wang is Chi. your protagonist of the movie he's the guy who's driving the plot now i think like i said subconsciously as a kid i registered this in some way that it was like the hero of the the, the hero of the movie right which is set up by the scene that the studio insisted that carpenter put in at the beginning which is uh in the lawyer's office where the guy, you know, in Egg Shen is saying, like, we owe Jack Burton a debt because he showed great courage. Like, there's no, nowhere in the movie where he's, like, being especially courageous. <laughs> um, maybe that's not fair. Is Jack Burton a courageous man?
3: Yeah. yeah. Okay. For sure. Okay. He's, he's, he's a screw-up. Yeah. But yeah, he's courageous. But yeah,
1: I mean,
0: there's, yeah, he's still running in, like fighting people and all that. He's still going in. He doesn't have to. He could leave.
3: He he doesn't hesitate. He's like, let's do this. Like, Mm -hmm. we're here. Let's do this. But he, I mean, he fucks up the whole movie, but he's still there trying.
1: He's just way, way, way over his head in something he completely doesn't understand. So I guess you can relate to him that way. You know, he's like your audience participation character who's getting you into this, like, unfolding layers of the Chinese under or the Chinatown underworld.
3: That's what makes it enjoyable. That's what makes it so charming.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think this is a he's got He does a great performance here. I mean, like his comedic timing is impeccable. There's a lot of comedy. Um yeah. in that I part. like
0: the uh, I like the call the president line. Um I don't I never <laughs> remembered that from this movie. But that's it. If we're not back by dawn, call the president.
1: that's right. There's sure, something wrong with your face. Uh, that was, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, I think Kurt Russell's the, the, the like this is one of his great, you know, like character uh um that he's the characters that he's ever played um we've also got um well it's dennis dunn as um wang wang chi i think he was in the year of the dragon like the year before i think that was a michael Cimino movie uh that you know nobody sees michael Cimino movies apparently except the deer hunter but um right. i think james hong was also in uh year of the dragon i said enter the dragon year of the dragon i meant um james yeah. hong um plays the evil villain low pan um james hong according to mf mad the keeper of the saturday night freak show wall of fame has been inducted into or onto the wall uh oh
0: really did did we watch balls of fury to get him on there did
1: no we, uh... <laughs> do you okay. know what we did watch what it uh james hong
0: shit no he could be in there anywhere
1: okay well he was in tango and cash Okay, He was okay. in Big Trouble in Little China, and uh, he was in the Deathless classic Ninja 3, The Domination.
2: Ah. Uh, That's right. Yes. Of course, it's a canon movie. Yes. <laughs>
1: James Hong's in a lot of shit. I mean, he is basically your go-to shit. Chinese-American guy who was in all those three ninja movies. Yeah, he was. And you'll probably remember if you saw Blade Runner, he's the guy who makes your eyes. You make, I make your eyes. You know, that's him. Um, Kurt Russell, we're also inducting into the uh, Wall of Fame for the first time because Big Trouble in wow. Little China, Tango and Cash, and Sean. Sean. Oh, yeah. Uh, escape from LA.
0: There you go. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, like I'm waiting with rapt attention. Please tell me the third movie. <laughs>
1: That's right. All right, so Mr. Russell and Mr. Hong, your uh, you know, the certificates are in the mail.
0: Well, when you're correct. all when you're all already staring at me, I can't tell when you're staring at me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Can't wait until we get back together in 2021 right? and we're able to do
2: uh we're not going to know again. how to act.
1: <laughs> no, we're all going to be in the same room
0: just shouting at loud decibels because we don't know how to speak around people anymore. I'm going to be trying to find the
2: mute button all the time on myself. <laughs> <laughs> huh,
0: huh. Holly's just in the corner.
2: I don't know what's going on. <laughs> why and
0: why am I had, delirious uh, in this?
1: In this vision,
0: <laughs> I don't know. Wait, no. Michaela should be the one going. <laughs> 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 She's the one sitting
1: back. Who else is in our cast in this movie?
3: Uh, Peter Kwong. Uh, uh,
1: and who does he play?
3: He plays the lovely herbal essence commercial model in this movie. <laughs> mm.
0: God, I hope that's his real hair
3: it is not his real hair um Dang. but i do know a little tidbit about this he had a lifelong dream of having long luxurious hair so <laughs> when he found out he was going to have it in this movie he was so stoked and he was proud to sit in a makeup chair for three hours to have this wig put on every day he was so excited and i think that's adorable <laughs>
1: didn't they say this was like a three three thousand dollar wig or something
0: yeah wig.
3: Yeah. Ooh, yeah it's pretty which, it is it's him. probably like real
2: soft, like horse hair from some exotic. It looked part of like the world. horse hair.
0: That like, looked like a tail.
3: Like it makes it makes that scene when he takes his helmet off and flips his hair even better. I love it now. You, th- you guys remember that uh, that the Rock version of
2: Hercules that came out a couple years ago? Yeah, yeah. Remember, the everyone knew from this movie was that it was ox testicle hair that made up his fake beard. <laughs>
0: Really? Oh, did they tell him that in that
2: movie? That was like I'm the only curious. thing I heard about that movie. Never heard if it was good or bad. Just heard he had ox testicle hair on his face. I think
0: Colin did because when you mentioned it, he went, "Yeah." Oh, I was like, "Wow! <laughs> wow! Okay.
1: Well, there you go. Wow! there's uh, You learned something new every. That's why you listen to the Saturday Night Freak Show podcast. You get little tidbits right? and knowledge. Even I like
0: didn't that. know that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm learning stuff. I love it.
1: Well, um, he would be one of the three storms. They are uh, aside from Lopan, who is a, a mystical, 2,000-year-old ghost who lives in, uh, in Chinatown. Uh, maybe somebody, one of you can explain to me that what, who is Lopan and what is he after our villain? Shit,
0: I forgot.
2: Oh, he-
3: a woman with green
2: eyes. Why? He needs a woman with green eyes so he can become mortal again. Right. Yeah,
1: yeah it's like somehow he is because we see him in two guises. Basically, there is the uh David Lopan, or sorry, there's the Lopan character, which is this very tall Chinese guy in uh, you know, ceremonial uh accoutrement, right?
0: Yeah. Um, robes and headdress
1: so he apparently is the ghost version of uh Lopin. he can project himself out into the world but he is not made flesh he has some power but it's very limited and in the real world uh he exists as david Lopan, which is this uh little um you know wrinkly Looks like he's two thousand years old, guy in a wheelchair, right? And his Mm -hmm. goal in life is to find and marry a Chinese girl with green eyes, apparently extremely rare. If he can marry her and tame the, they can tame the burning blade and uh, reawaken the savage heart or something like that. He can be appease the demon who put a curse on him and be made mortal again and take over the world because that's what you do. Take over the world. Yes
0: and luckily uh, they do find a woman with creamy jade eyes.
3: You hate that description.
0: That, that was just for you, disgusting. Holly.
3: That was disgusting. that's, that's mm. not a thing. Creamy jade? Jade is not creamy.
2: Jade is not creamy. It's a hard I stone. Feel like, it's not creamy.
0: No. It can be creamy. Like no. I get what they mean by creamy. Creamy jade? Like
3: pea soup? Like sexy
0: jade. Yeah. Like yeah, projectile vomit piece <laughs> of color. That's...
3: No. Jade is a smooth, luxurious, beautiful gem. No cream. Mm-hmm. Okay, no cream. No cream.
1: Well, there's uh, the 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 movie. You know, it it works in these layers of. Uh, we're starting at some level of reality, and we're going to keep on going down into the, the subterranean levels of uh, Chinese mysticism. But um, literally, the 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 girl with the yeah. green eyes.
3: Yeah, we literally go in and all we literally, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's always down. All it's like the, a video the, game. The, the hell it of is. the burning
1: oils. The hell of the upside down sinners, the hell of the skinned men. The we hell have of many hells.
0: <laughs> was there a hell of being slashed to death by knives? Or I think the hell of slashing knives? Yeah, yeah, the hell
1: of the slashing knives. <laughs> yeah. Chinese like, have oh, many damn. hells. Um,
3: How about the hell of being shoved into the back of a Pontiac? Because that was hell to watch fucking claustrophobia at the yeah. max. And like we were talking about in the jet, this was before they had like the anti theft
2: latch in the trunks. Like this was- She was like, Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, like, it was very claustrophobic. She
2: was, she was like, she was well, like I a mean, into that car. She could see through it though. Let's go. I don't help. care. I don't care. that raises like even more questions, coffin. though, Sean. So people just right. saw a woman in the back of the trunk and didn't yeah. think anything of it. That's like say, that's like being
3: put into a glass coffin and be like, well, I can see through it. No, no. it's
1: fine. It's San Francisco. That kind of things happens all the time. Yeah, it's the '80s in San Francisco,
0: yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah.
1: Francisco Colin. Where guys, where where guy? You know the guys in a gang when he's got those like uh, Jordy LaForge uh, sunglasses cool. on. You know, it's okay, like, this ooh,
2: gang is fucking awesome. I would join this gang. I
0: like how they only yeah. walk in the three, like they're shoulder to shoulder wherever they go.
2: Don't yeah. they look like they're from the future, though? They look yeah. like they're from like they like they could like, have been
0: in Back to the Future.
3: Yeah. I was gonna say they look like um the um, thugs. Yeah,
0: Billy they Zane and know. all of them. Yeah
3: yeah the, now, i'll just
0: thugs. say it all
3: for you holly it's okay gruff's thugs gruff's
1: thugs the 80s had a really weird Riff. idea of like because yeah everything was futuristic in the 80s and that was like part of it all your dress you know uh, your uh fashion was futuristic and your headgear and all this other shit and the, the punk early 2000s were,
2: were like that too because it was the new millennium so yeah, right that's true
1: yeah um so my Lin is uh, that's yeah, going to be uh Dennis Dunn's. That's uh Wang Chi, That's his uh, fiance. Right. And mm-hmm. Jack Burton, the driver of the pork chop express uh, <laughs> is kind of, um, he owes, he's owed a gambling debt. So he gets kind of carried along in this adventure and they meet Gracie law who's played by yeah. the irrepressible Kim Cattrall
0: <laughs> yeah. in her, in her best lowest lane. Pretty much feels like.
3: Yeah. Why
1: didn't didn't they make her the
0: reporter? Right. We could have gotten rid of a whole character here and just made her the reporter. Yeah. That would have made
3: more sense.
0: The other one could go.
3: Yeah. She's a
1: lawyer representing the civil rights of Chinese Americans in uh, Chinatown, but she knows a reporter named Margot. Which is, uh, I guess, like maybe that's a shout out to the shadows. Margot Lane, uh, she's the reporter, and so there's the the two of them. There's a lot of characters in this to
0: keep there's track a, there's of. There's
3: a lot of there's a lot of exposition between the two of them. A lot, a lot of obvious exposition, I should say. Right, just like you mean
0: the guy who did this and this yeah. and this. Yeah, no, you know, yes, that guy who did this then.
3: Yeah, honestly, I don't want to hear people
2: ever complain about a Christopher Nolan movie like explaining things directly to the audience because this movie is all of that. Jack Ryan right? is literally saying, Who is that? What does that mean? What is
3: that? Like, right? especially the At first least- 15 minutes, he says that a lot. At least Christopher Nolan does that with a little more finesse. Like, this was just.
1: But it puts they you in the headspace. They basically should have just
3: pulled out the script and read it to you. Yeah,
1: but this is putting you in the headspace of Jack Burton. It's like there's shit going on, and you have no idea. And every single know, person seems to know more about it. Colin, than Helen, I
2: think that same argument applies to for Christopher Nolan movies, though, too, and people have a problem with it when he does it.
1: Well, the well, we're just talking about. Uh, we had complaints about if you listen to last week's episode, our best and worst. We were talking about Tenet, or Tenet doesn't give you that uh, you know the um, the Elliot Page character from. Uh, uh, inception who gets stuff explained to her who is right. the audience sub you know um surrogate there um but the uh kim Cattrall right like i mean now she is M- sex in the city right that's how everybody knows her but Porky's, I, I like Porky's? her in every
0: every other <laughs> character besides the sex in the city character
1: yeah i, know, I like, I like her. police academy
0: uh, yeah i like her she's more of a like uh an upbeat energetic like you know kind of actress it seems in her earlier stuff. I haven't seen a lot of it, but based on what I have seen, I kinda like those characters better.
3: See I think I don't know. I think I like character, her her
0: character on Sex in the City is, is good. I feel
3: like right. that, that character was made for her. Like that's yes. the most natural acting I've ever seen from her.
1: Which one? The Sex in the City character yeah. or okay, okay she does Samantha, fit it perfectly.
3: Samantha Joe's in Sex in the City. That she it's she's just so natural at that one. It's her.
1: Okay. She's yeah. also in uh, and we and we veered off six. on Sex in the City on, on the Saturday Night Freak
0: Show. and now We don't know what to do. I
3: uh, honestly so never watched what's... it, so I can't contribute to this. <laughs> so let's talk about mannequin. Mannequin.
0: So, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: see, I've seen that. Now I've seen that. So there we go. Good
0: segue. All
1: right. So we've got uh we've got uh Jack and uh, and Wing or Wang are like now like uh trying to Peel the layers off of this, uh, you know, subterranean. Because that's a, they go to a brothel, uh, which is a, f- a funny scene. Is uh, Jack a funny scene. trying to you know negotiate his way through a brothel? Um, and then they encounter the um, the three storms. Um, these guys are kind of significant because they're like the um, like the second tier boss of the movie, right? Mm. There's low Pan. By the way, anybody ever see that Gangnam style parody, Lopan style, where James Hong actually comes back and it's about this movie?
0: I think I've seen it. Uh, yeah, I had like seven years ago when it came out. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um. So uh, the 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 three storms then, which I think, if I'm correct, we've got thunder, lightning, and rain. Right.
3: Yeah.
1: I I think your guy with the long hair is he? um, I think he's. Thunder.
0: No, Isn't Thunder's the wind? guy who is blows up. Is no. he thunder or is he like storm or wind or something? He's it, thunder?
1: It's the I looked it up, it was thunder, lightning, and rain. Okay. So now I'm like, well, oh, he is it? thunder. Who's You're who? right. Well no right. thunder He's thunder. Because uh Lopan's like Thunder, why don't you I thought Thunder was the guy who uh inflates himself. That's he his
0: is. Yeah. That's Thunder.
1: Yeah, so Rain, I assume, is uh, the guy who I, I love the, you know, they all have special powers. He can like wield, you know, knives and stuff on his hands without like, they, they become spinning blades and all this stuff.
0: Oh, yeah, the spinning, the spinning ones, yeah.
1: Yep, the other guy rides the lightning down, and uh, they wear these basket uh, uh, helmets, which, um, you know, I mean, we've obviously seen in Shogun Assassin, the Japanese uh, samurai movie, so I'm like, that has to be where they got that from, right? Right, because aren't
0: there the three following him with their different claws and everything? Yep
1: yeah huh? that's
0: three is just a lucky number when it comes to bad guys
1: and uh there's a lot been made that uh it's very possible that um which character in mortal Kombat you guys play mortal Raid. Kombat, raiden raiden okay was based on big trouble in little china
3: Mm-hmm. Probably, um,
1: I think they said yeah. Shang song was supposed to be based on Lopan Pan, and you know the, this movie has ten. Which that also, that, <laughs>
3: that also make like I was thinking a lot about Mortal Kombat watching this. I was like, okay, so we've got the three warriors here. So in Mortal Kombat, that's Sub Zero and Scorpion, and then we've got the big bad. Like it, I don't know. I thought about that a lot during this.
1: Yeah, um they end up, uh, and and Egg Shen is the other like lead character in this. He is a. um San Francisco, he's a Chinatown tourist truck driver. Uh, Slash sorcerer. <laughs>
0: like, I'm like, sure every, yeah.
3: This makes no so sense, but clearly you guys have never been to Chinatown.
0: <laughs> I, 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 have not. Yep. I have not. Do you just drive by and there's just lightning constantly? Yep. So there's either sorcerers or Terminators are showing up left and right. That's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: It's an exciting <laughs> place. Um, <laughs> yeah yeah i need to go every major that. city has one but i think uh, san francisco I, I was chinatown is that. The... I, was
3: watching this. I was counting how many chinatowns i've been to how many i've been i've been to new york san francisco um boston chicago five i've been to five
1: is san francisco's yeah. the biggest
3: san francisco's a big one new york was a big one
2: been to new york and chicago and that's it yeah yeah new york is huge
1: seattle's was bigger than i thought well Eggshin, um and victor wong as we said the actor he and dennis dunn then starred in prince of darkness the next year for carpenter after he kind of returned to independent filmmaking said fine these people wanted me to do horror so i'll do horror and forego the studio route but um so yeah uh we're set on a series so basically the movie is a set of adventure sequences where you're following the characters into, like, different set pieces, right? There's a lot of this. Did you guys ever, I mean, were you able to follow this, or did it get the feeling of uh, repetition that you were, like, seeing the same thing over and over and over again?
3: I didn't, I didn't necessarily feel like I was seeing the same thing over and over again, but I did, like, lose track of where we were. Mm. Yeah,
1: this-
0: I,
2: yeah, it it felt very, like, serialized and, like, but at the same time, yeah, I, I did lose track of like wait, why are we doing this thing to get to the end goal? Yeah. It felt like video game levels, really. It, <laughs> it did. It did yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, as they negotiate like underwater uh torture chambers and they find right. themselves in dangerous perils and they're on we got wheelchair stunts as uh, Jack Burton rolls down a a hallway, a sloped hallway to a well and um
2: <laughs> many opportunities to just stand up. But doesn't take them. It's a centrifugal force, man. You
0: can't, you can't get up when you're in that chair.
3: But instead, you get Kurt Russell rolling back and screaming at the top of his lungs for like a good twenty seconds, and I thought that was fantastic.
1: Yeah, it's probably for comedic effect. I think. Yeah, we're having a lot of laughs at Kurt Russell's expense. Yeah. uh When watching this movie, they, it wouldn't have
3: been funny if he hadn't been just like shouting profusely the entire time he's rolling back.
1: <laughs> um. Well, they end up because uh, I guess this is the it has a, the structure of the movie takes us down, 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 down into David Lopan's lair, which is like a uh, it's got a corporate facade. And then as you go down, it's the Chinese underworld. And then we come back out of it again. Um, they escape, but they escape without uh, Mao Lin and gracie law it turns out both of them are the two girls with the green eyes and low pans like i'm going to marry them both you know i'll have all this power and so then they have to kind of regroup and then head back in uh so then we're like going back into the you know, the bowels of the earth and then we yes. get monsters um because i don't think the first time down we get monsters what do we think of the monsters that we encounter
2: well that one snatches kim Catrall in the hallway he pops out of the little doorway right. and snatches her. Yeah. And that, I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, wait, what? what is
3: happening yeah. in this movie now? That's a, cause, that's a surprise.
0: <laughs> yeah, because before that happened, did we ever see the floating head, eyeball head? We saw that after. As that after? Yeah, because mm-hmm. then we get that, um, which is uh, pretty interesting. He looks like um, the, anybody
1: played Dungeons and Dragons. That's the beholder. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. (laughs) It looks like the beholder. It does look like a bunch. This all looks like a bunch of Dungeons and Dragons monsters, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know who the furry guy is supposed to be, but he gets a lot of screen time. Although he has like the uh, the visual effects were done by Richard Edlund, who did like Ghostbusters and Fright Night and all that. But for some reason, I'm not sure who did the makeup effects. But that looked like the mouth from the Fright Night final um you know amy monster kind of with a Mm. bunch of fur and stuff on it and then there's another one that like pops out of a uh the dead
0: right the the layer of the dead trees or something like that where one of the tree things comes out and eats one of the dudes yeah
1: Yeah. that's pretty funny so the movie escalates i mean it's always escalating it seems like uh you know i mean and it moves like pretty quickly right yeah Um, yeah it does and what'd you think of Carpenter's score in this? Like uh, how it compares to his other stuff and what, what he was going for here.
2: I liked it. I thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah, it's rompy. It's
0: all, yeah. It's all pretty like, um, it's what it needs to be.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't think it rises up to be any of his best work, but I mean, you know, it's good. It works for the I movie. wouldn't
3: say it. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's memorable, but it's fitting.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it's a, it's an action score. You know, which is, I guess, unusual for, like, a guy doing a synth score, a- synth action score, right? Because, mm. I mean, he did, I guess, in um, Escape from L.A. would have an action score, which was mostly, like, a gunslinger kind of Western, you know, guitar thing. Yeah. Um, Because even his prior action movies, I mean, Escape from New York and, and Halloween kind of sound similar, but this is a percussive, you know beat this is carpenter and alan howarth you know who would work together before um but it, it avoids uh like uh chinese um like cliche music right. that you might kind of expect from you know an american filmmaker making a movie about you know chinatown it doesn't do that it's more i wouldn't call it rock i don't know what you do how you describe it um, i don't know
0: how do you describe that music video you sent us colin like is that an accurate <laughs> Uh, descriptor for the entire movie as far as music goes because woof.
1: that's right did we say so the music video sean what are you talking about who sings well, the theme Colin, song to the this to is a big theme trouble song. in little china
0: it's a theme song to big trouble in little china and it's sung by john carpenter and is that all right and we got john carpenter <laughs> tommy lee wallace is the other one in there who could like you couldn't miss that stash of long hair anywhere and is Alan Howarth the guy on the keyboard?
1: I'm not sure. Because I, I was thinking, I, is it Nick Castle? Like, who are the Coupe de Villes, right? I haven't uh, done because they did, look it up. There's music in um, Halloween when the, uh, they're driving in the car, when, the one that's not a Blue Oyster cult. There's a song by the Coupe de Villes credited there. So he's always been the Coupe de Villes. That's his band. Um, it is Nick Castle yeah so there you go the guy who played the shape uh <laughs> the guy who directed is jamming it. on a
0: keyboard for this movie
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what do we think Freaky. of john carpenter uh rock star i love it uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'll
2: go see him in concert next time he tours only if he wears that
0: jacket
1: yeah it's the only way it's like, like the sunny crockett have- jacket
0: yeah, if I'm gonna go see John Carpenter in concert, I want outfit changes. Like I want Beyonce <laughs> level, like something going on here, and he needs to bring like suit, rolled up sleeves, all that stuff. Then I'll be in.
1: <laughs> well, the movie finally does culminate in the uh, the Chinese Temple of Doom. I'm gonna say that because, yeah. like I said, it looks like it's it looks like a variation on the the Temple of Doom set.
3: Yeah, t- change it from a cave to a hallway, and that's what it is.
1: Yeah um where we get our big uh i know there is like a brawl in an alley uh which is a martial arts fight between like you know mortal guys right but this is the standoff
3: are you referring to the chinese standoff (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) what makes it a chinese standoff
0: yeah holly what is making this a chinese standoff
3: well i'm told it's because they're chinese (laughs) do you
0: now do you need any more than that
3: i do you you want more
0: than that but you don't need it
3: Yes, I do. I need more than that. Why is it a Chinese stand? Just because they're Chinese? No. When it's a Mexican standoff, there is something special to that. It's not just because people are Mexican. No, there's a meaning behind that. So What's when you that say meaning? Chinese stand. it's the three. It's the three. So when it's
0: I'm sorry, <laughs> I think Holly's throwing off gang signs here. <laughs> She's describing these things. She's <laughs> like, it's the three. I'm just like, whoa, three, whoa. you know, affiliations, you know. we have none of those here. Okay.
3: Yeah. So I yeah, I just I need more. Okay. I need I need something special to make it like a Chinese stand-up. Like something I don't know. I don't know. Speak exactly. for yourself, Sean. I'm in the Lords of Death. <laughs> All that. Versus the World uh now. the Wang Lord Kings,
1: I think, or the Wang yeah. Uh, they, Wang they're not the Wang Kings. No, it was like the Win. They cannot Kings be the like Wang that. Kings. <laughs> um But the uh I mean having now watched several um you know, like Chinese martial arts movies, it is kind of it's interesting. Well, you, even you've seen the stuff that that came after this, it's like hmm. this is a pretty good martial arts scene, right? I mean, enough to say howie really was like, it. Oh, is it too late to take martial
3: arts? <laughs> right,
0: right, yeah. This this was good. It was uh it was fun. Like I, the fighting was good. All the impact was good. Dudes were getting their arms like all bent up. Like it's 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 always fun when you start a, a Chinese standoff. <laughs> with a gunfight, and then go to the weapons and right, hand-to-hand that's why, combat.
3: That's why I was asking, I was like, is that what makes a Chinese standoff that they start with like pulling out, like, the one dude's got holsters and he's got, like, a full, like, yeah, he's, and got he's got a and, shooters. He's got yeah. six shooters. Yeah. He looks and like he stepped out got, of like, the West. An yeah. And I was like, what is happening here? And then after they use up all their ammo, then it's like, okay, now knife fight and, like, hand-to-hand yeah. combat. I'm like, is this what makes it a Chinese standoff, that they go from
0: weapons to hand on hand like is that what it is let's say yes listener we are
1: asking you who are more versed in uh chinese martial arts movies than us to tell us but so this is bookended by the big you know conflict at the end um which employs some cool visual things i was like is he is carpenter riffing on like um uh animation or anime There were a couple scenes, I don't know if you saw them, but, like, the opponents would launch themselves into the air, and as they pass each other, they're they're sword fighting. And to do that, it was like, you kind of get that thing that you see in uh, anime where the the backgrounds are rushing past Uh, the guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they do that in this movie. I was like, uh, is that an animation thing? Or is that from Chinese uh, martial arts movies? Because I think it's an animation thing.
3: I guess my question would be, like, how, how much would anime influence? Like, I don't know the history of anime. Like, when did that become big? When would that have been around enough to bring that kind of influence? Because as far as I know, anime became a big thing, like, in the 90s, as far as my knowledge of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was bigger. I mean, it was big in Japan, but I think being imported over here throughout the 80s, because I remember stuff like Lensman and Robot Carnival and Akira, I think, was one of the big. But, I mean, obviously, they'd been doing it, you know, prior to that. But I'm just yeah. I, I'm curious about that visual style, because I don't know if I've seen that in other um martial arts movies. But I mean, it's an interesting. I mean, basically, what you put your actors on some kind of a platform and you slide them, or you're sliding backgrounds past them, so they're. I was gonna say you is- could
0: you could probably just do that with backgrounds and shit. Yeah, um, you might even be able to rear project on that.
1: And there's the big showdown between Lopan and, uh, Egg Shen, and they use, uh, it's peasant magic, right? Is he kind of, he's uh, giving him a slur, right? Peasant magic and his like Chinese black magic, and they project, uh, the Schwartz, right, at each other. <laughs>
0: My dragon style will beat your company.
1: <laughs> and there, we see like, uh, Chinese in full armor. Uh, warriors like fighting in this kind of silhouetted light storm. I'm like, this is fucking cool, <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: you know. <laughs> they, they achieved they achieved the body glow like in the last yeah. dragon.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> was that eighty six?
3: Yeah, was that no, it was eighty five.
1: So there's this is in the wind, right? Like the uh, yeah. <laughs> it's out there. It's out there in the in the public. <laughs> if you
0: know, if you know karate or or kung fu or anything, can you I will bring glow. That-
3: can I bring back the last dragon and watch it again?
0: Can we do that again? <laughs> you got, you got like at least three years, Holly. You no know it's been Sorry. like three
3: years. That was like one of my first movies. I brought.
0: Was it all right? Well, you still got
3: some time.
1: And you got to achieve the goal. Right,
3: you know, it'll go fast. Show enough,
1: back. yeah. Show okay. enough. Listen to our last dragon episode for more on that. Um,
3: Jack Burton
1: <laughs> actually does. Uh, he he is the guy who kills the bad guy. Um. Right, so that's like oh, yeah. his major accomplishment in the movie because he's got quick cat-like reflexes, which they set up in that first scene where Wang's trying to cut that bottle in half. Jack Burton can cu- catch a knife that's thrown at his head and whip it back at you. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool too. It's a good, it's a good moment.
0: I like that when you're just, uh especially when it's done. It's kind of a low-key way for the bad guy to go out, but cool. It's just like, oh, I guess uh, Jack Burton really is that badass. At a all certain the point,
3: reflexes.
0: yeah,
1: yeah. At some point, all this bravado and all that actually does kind of pay off. That he's the guy who I guess <laughs> saves the day what? while Wang is you- busy fighting the three storms or whatever.
0: Yeah, well, again, uh, Wang's background work phenomenal in this movie. <laughs> when he's you, just he's flipping around when Thunder's chasing him, and he's flipping around in the back in the in the thing, and then Thunder runs after him. It's pretty did funny. You
3: the, did you like the look of the the big bad? Because he was very men, because he wasn't very menacing. So, did you like? I liked it. Did you? (laughs) Yeah, I liked how like stylized this movie was. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The only the only thing I didn't like, and it's not because I didn't like this part of the movie. It's a personal fear of mine was the long fingernails. Oh. I'm really freaked out by long fingernails. (laughs) It was just the Uh. pinky though. They were just coke nails. No,
2: they were all long. Yeah, all but the, of them they were longer like the pinkies clogged. were like three inches longer than all of the other ones though
0: you're not supposed to be able to fit a line of coke on your pinky i don't think that's <laughs> how that's supposed to work
3: right the pinky was like talons but the the regular fingernails were long too and that freaks me the fuck out i hate long fingernails so i thought it was terrifying yeah how do you wipe your ass with fingernails like that man <laughs> you don't,
2: oh
0: thank you get thank shit you for under that your fingernails. Image. That's but to his credit, he Michaela. can't
1: shit. He's thank a ghost
0: you. at that it's point. It's a fact right? of life,
2: Sean. It's <laughs> this a fact is of true. Life,
0: <laughs> Not for ghosts, Michaela. He's a ghost. Yeah.
2: Sean, think I, about that now. Every time you go on a date with a girl and she has really long fingernails, uh, it, there's probably uh, shit under those fingernails. Jesus. TMI so thanks, on Michaela. the
1: Saturday night for this is why you listen to our show to learn That's something.
3: That's exactly why I don't like long fingernails. Because <laughs> it's a fact, it's really man. disgusting what gets caught under there. You know, like. This like, is true. I mean, yeah.
2: yeah. It's you're asking for a fucking disease if you have fingernails that long, man. Yeah,
0: uh, you heard it here first, folks. Women are gross.
3: Um, <laughs> they um, have many also secrets have to long tell. Fingernails.
0: Ugh. I mean,
3: it's yeah, it's
2: disgusting. Yeah. See, too young to die. Was it? What? Never too young. What's oh, that? John yeah. Stamos. Yeah, movie? never
1: too young to die. Yeah, it's which got I'm that. Sure.
2: <laughs> it has the really long, coke uh-huh. fingernail too. Uh-huh. Yeah
1: which i'm sure See, that that's is the other one eventually. that's on the list <laughs> it's yeah. the saturday night freak show
0: i saw that trailer it's coming <laughs>
1: <laughs> um but yeah so they they do save the day they escape and uh chinatown explodes in blue f- or green flame i'm not sure if that was entirely true but um uh jack burton doesn't kiss the girl at the end um uh total baller he's yeah because it's like is this a han solo move you're not even gonna kiss her and he's like
3: no I like
1: that he thinks about
3: it. He's like, nope. Yeah. Uh, Badass.
1: We really wanted to go out. Pillars of heaven. There shook the pillars of heaven. Didn't we weighing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this guy's got a bunch of great lines. Got some a, good lines. Yeah. It's a, yeah. it's a good character. Um, some
0: good lines that come out of Carpenter films.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well I guess uh unless you have any stray observations before we head into uh telling you if we would recommend our final reviews. I um, liked
2: the last shot of the movie a lot.
1: Oh yeah, what That's happened? The shot. little
2: monster hand reaching up through the truck. <laughs> yeah. Like a that twilight was zone ending. Yeah.
3: So great. Why
0: why did they never it seems like, especially with the um the ending of Jack getting back on the road in his truck. Why? I wonder what happened that they didn't make more of these. Like, well, obviously it was a flop. So, you know, yeah, I guess. I, I, is thought that the thing? I,
3: I thought I heard that there was a sequel in the works and that ultimately it got passed on. Like something about it uh, was like not, I think the version that was being shopped around, it was a very PC. And this was like in the nineties when things were becoming very PC. That's what I recall reading, but I could be wrong.
1: Well, there was for a while. um, I I can't remember if there was a big trouble in Little China, too, but there was a remake. Uh, The Rock was supposed to be in a remake. And I don't know if they're still talking about that to this day, but they were basically going to take the title, uh, change everything because they didn't. What I heard was they don't want to, you know, um, uh, walk over the Kurt Russell, Jack Burton character. They wanted to create like a new guy, same title, and, you know, Chinese mysticism yeah. in so, San yeah, so, Francisco.
3: So basically leaving it open for Kurt Russell to make a cameo. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I think so. <coughs> exactly. You,
2: you know yeah. Hollywood the Rock doesn't need to be in everything. He doesn't need to like eat up every fucking property like Disney man. Like who
0: who'd have thought the Jesus. fucking Rock. Well,
1: I think would that's what be. they do, right? They they buy properties and then attach an actor to it, and then that actor gets oh, yeah. to sit on it and kind of develop it for a rainy day or something. I don't know. But yeah, um, yeah, that's
0: been that's been going on forever. Actors are like, "Hey, you buy that, I'll star in it." Let's do this.
1: Yeah. So there may be a remake at some point of Big Trouble Little China. I know uh That surprised me. Taika Waititi? Taika Waititi, he said that this movie was a big influence on um Thor Ragnarok for its tone, you know, yeah, uh, having basically a buffoon as your um Lead character in a movie So I mean it does have you know I think that's the thing when this came out it made Like 11 million dollars and the golden child Made like 100 million dollars but Which one of those have you seen And which one is fondly Thought of today You know
0: I mean, yeah. I, I fondly think of The Golden Child, but <laughs> not the way they want me to.
1: Coming soon to the Saturday Night Freak no, Show podcast. No,
0: no, no, no. Although we should get a Eddie Murphy movie on here at some point. Is that possible? Vampire, Vampire in Brooklyn? Brooklyn? Yeah. yeah, that's the only one. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, well, uh, we're gonna take a break here to read some of your mail, uh, and then we'll come back and uh, and review the, review the movie. But to uh, to do this, we're gonna need the assistance of our mailman. His name is Igor. Bring us the mail, masters. Masters, the mail. I've got the mail. So many letters. Our followers are rising, rising. Well, thank you, Igor.
0: Thanks, Igor. Igor, yeah. where do you? Where are you at in the basement? Like, I'm curious. It's it's taking you a while to get up here. Like, I keep
1: him in a secret room.
3: <laughs> Sean's having to clap multiple There's times to get him to go. Yeah, is,
0: like I, I I'm not supposed I to have to get up and go get him.
3: I don't know if you know this, but there is a secret elevator behind Sean, uh, behind Colin's laundry room. Mm-hmm. It goes really far down.
1: It's got one button. and It just goes down. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well, we should probably tell the good folks at home how they can participate in this part of the show by following along on our social media. You can find us on Facebook.
2: Facebook.com slash Saturday Freak Show.
1: And Twitter. At Sat Freak Show.
3: You can email us. Saturday freak show yahoo dot com.
2: And you can follow along
1: on Instagram at Saturday Night Freak Show about last week's episode, which was our best and worst of 2020 episode. Uh, Matthew Seidel writes in and says, because we broke it up with, and we did like different sections and one of them was the new to me section. And he says, my new to me prime. Discovery was The Strangeness. It's a sort of a low budget alien slash thing homage set in a mine, but with a stop motion creature and 70s Bigfoot documentary vibe.
2: Wow. That sounds awesome.
1: We may have to investigate. It's called The The Strangeness Strangeness. from 1985. Mm -hmm.
2: Um, Ooh, it sounds
0: it sounds almost too perfect. Like <laughs> what what's what's the catch? Like <laughs> a
2: night clause. It sounds like a nightclaws clause situation. Yeah, like, it sounds it awesome be. on paper.
1: Yeah, it's uh, yeah. how come we haven't heard of it? Is it but you said it yeah. was just new to me discovery. So there you go. Um Peter Gatt, uh so we were talking on that episode about like our guilty pleasures. Peter Gatt says I've always taken offense to the term guilty f- pleasure. Why feel guilty over something you enjoy? Instead, tell me exactly. about innocent pain. But speaking of hate,
0: because people make fun of me for liking Spice World Colin. that's why <laughs> your
1: innocent pain.
2: The that freak you show is a uh, is a is a guilty pleasure free zone. You will not be shamed for what you like here. Yeah, this is a safe place.
1: Unless you like all the Tremors movies,
0: Unle- well, unless you have unless you haven't seen something, then we'll get on your ass. All
1: right. Well, uh, Peter also says, speaking of hate, Nightclaws. Sheesh, who do I troll over that one?
3: Yeah, that's uh, that, that was me. Holly. But um, that's all I'm, our fault. I'm not gonna fall on that why Everyone encouraged you. me. Yeah, yeah. Everyone well, encouraged all right, fine. Me. Well,
0: I'll just stab each other a little bit. I, I was I was scrolling the
2: IMDb and found it, so I'll take responsibility yeah.
0: for that too. Yeah, it was a team effort. Good, good job, guys. Well, uh, Travis, <laughs> we all lost like we're, together on that. Travis
1: says uh rewatch. He's rewatching Ash versus Evil Dead again because of you, and I love you for it so there you go go. good
3: call yay good
1: i I read these out of order here's our big trouble in little china uh, mailbag Uh, nelson nashimento says i can't think of a better way to start the new year big trouble in little china has everything and anything you could ever ask for have you paid your dues jack yes sir the check is in the mail um michael whitaker says uh the movie's been a favorite of mine since middle school i can still remember watching this on vhs at my best friend's house i'm convinced they use the storms as inspiration for raiden from mortal Kombat. totally yes uh simon carter says fuck yes this is one of my favorite movies kurt russell's performance is amazing but i can't put my finger on why i think it's the way he manages to pull off being a total ass that is also completely lovable in his own mind jack burton is a god among men and i think a lot of folks could benefit from that kind of thinking Adam Kaler sure. writes in and says, Jack Burton is the king of surprised astonishment and driving his truck in a narrow one-way alleys. I would love to see a Jack Burton and Ash Williams, Ash Williams versus the killer clowns from outer space movie.
2: <laughs> Hell yeah. We That'd were cool. we were watching this. We want to cross over with Lincoln Hawks from over the top. The two truck drivers. There you go. Yeah. At it. But yeah, oh, I guess gee. you
1: know he says that it's like Ash Williams and Jack Burton are kind of the same, right? They're like, Doofy. they're
2: from the same similar. cloth yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah very similar
1: uh amos martinez writes in and says controversial opinion but this is probably my favorite john carpenter film jack burton is the greatest yet most useless hero in film history
3: i don't think that's very controversial i can see why this would be a favorite to be revisited more than most of them
2: 20 years ago that would have been a controversial opinion yeah.
3: but not yeah yeah
0: even, I, I think, even with this, most people like, even if you, hey, what's your favorite John Carpenter movie? I, don't, I doubt this one comes up a lot as compared to what else he's produced and what most people know, I would say.
1: But ironically, this is a movie that a lot of people like, who don't know who John Carpenter is have seen this movie. I've yeah. I had conversations. I'm like, oh, yes. yeah, Big Trouble, Little China. Um, yeah. Like Army of Darkness. People have seen that, but they haven't seen the other Evil Dead movies. Right. Yeah. Army uh, of Darkness <laughs> is the one that gets to everybody, no yeah. matter who you are um the previous week we watched a movie called night claws uh michael whitaker says uh oh because we were talking about um one of the stars in the movie was sherry rose we said that she had appeared in black scorpion or several of the black scorpion movies. one two three and four uh michael whitaker says oh god black scorpion i'm convinced that the movie was just a porno that forgot to film the sex scenes
2: yeah that's fair i
1: mean probably yeah
2: I'm only one way to find out, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's I'm not, true.
3: I'm not taking that bullet. <laughs>
1: uh, Simon Carter says, "Oh, oh, we were talking about uh, Leilani. Um, so, oh man, she was right. The anthropologist. I'm sorry, I totally forgot her name. And should have had it written down here. Unprepared, oh, bad yeah. Colin. Yeah, bad Colin. But she uh, was yeah. also no. in uh, uh, Basic Instinct." <laughs> And Simon Do we have to Carter, D-
0: you again too? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, Leilani Celine, or something. Um, anyway, Simon Carter says, "Oh, I remember her. I'm pretty sure she and Miss Stone are the good reason are the reason for my poor eyesight these days." <sighs> Shocking. So
2: the VHS uh, really wore out the
3: tracking at
2: <laughs>
0: that scene, huh? <laughs> he, he he wore out a lot of things. It
1: sounds like. Leilani Sorrell. Leilani Sorrell. Thank you very much, Captain Google, <laughs> for the rescue on that embarrassing faux pas. Uh Mike Welch writes in and says, do you know that Reb Brown, he's the star of uh, Night Clause, worked with Christopher Lee twice, first on Captain America 2, Death Too Soon, and then again on Howling 2, Your Sister, is a werewolf and he also says on a side note captain america 2 was split over two weeks and was the lead-in to the salem's lot miniseries in 1979 on cbs that is yeah. very interesting
3: yep. red, red brown ha- isn't famous but man he's had some fun hasn't he it sounds he that around. way right he's been places <laughs> he's had some fun
2: yeah, I mean, that hitting the convention circuit so hard you know that's what he should be doing yeah he yeah it's
0: your poster of nightclaws signed
1: Uh, The previous week, I think, I'm not entirely sure. Now it's all blending together. It was 2020, and it's in the rearview mirror. We watched a movie (laughs) called Blood Beat. Um, Okay, so we were were posting some photos on social media because on that episode, we said at the end of the movie, um, uh, two of the siblings unite to use their magical powers similar to the Guardians of the Galaxy to ward off the evil samurai suit of armor, and Grant Parrish wrote in and said, don't. Don't bring the Guardians into this. This isn't their fault. You can't blame the Guardians for every Sean movie, can you? Is this a new get-out-of-Sean-free card? No,
3: oh, This is not a pass for Sean. I love our listeners taking him to
2: task, though.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Can I get a get-out-of-Sean-free card? I don't know when I'm going to need someone to get out of me, <laughs> but I'll take one. We get
1: the get-out-of-Sean-free card. Oh, I think that's how it works. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, can we word it differently?
0: <laughs> can we retitle this somehow? I, I love the first draft. Like recommendation, let's let's get it back into the writers' room. I mean, let's hope, let's
3: hope that it's applicable to demon possession, Sean. Let's just I'll take that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll take so that.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, we can we can write it in fine print. That's fine. Okay.
1: Well, we uh, hypothesized that that movie was made under the influence of cocaine or something. Stuart Dees writes in and says, "Cocaine is a hell of a drug." Um, hell yeah sir hell yeah bill hayner writes in to say i just tried watching this on shutter no just no <laughs>
0: you are correct no. yeah you, you are, are correct, correct. <laughs> i apologize new year we're making better decisions
1: peter gett says he's just about near the end of blood beat gee it was a tough to watch uh david lynch films make more sense
0: true
3: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they
1: do and uh pat hetfield Pat Hatfield, sorry, who has been watching our entire uh, or listening to our entire back catalog. Uh, Pat's a new listener. So thank you very much. Uh, Yeah, Uh, Hatfield. Sorry, I mispronounced it. Um, But And we are reading your comments, Pat, but we can't read them all here, but uh, he said about Bloodbeat that it sounds to me as if this movie is making you all give up and want to call it quits. I would ask you please continue to power through. I don't want to see this show end. And if you ever get around to watching and reviewing Turbo Kid, I'd be greatly appreciative.
3: <laughs> if we look, we came back strong after Shocking Dark. We came back strong after bloody. It's not nothing to worry about. It's fine.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, we can name some P- uh, movies some other people picked. Holly, we could be fair here. I regret nothing. Just saying, just saying.
1: Well, speaking of, wait, no, who picked this? And uh, so about the oh. previous, 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 previous weeks episode, Night Killer. Uh, Steve Steve Carney writes in and he says, I'm a first time listener here. I enjoy listening to your podcast, guys. I'll be checking out more episodes. Night killer is so much fun. As far as Italian horror goes, it's nowhere near as good as Suspiria, but it's not as bad, bad as Paganini horror. And my favorite line is when the killer says, I'm so horny. My
3: favorite is fried chicken and French fries.
0: Oh God, that movie
3: well i I mean, aside from being Italian, I'm not sure how else it's comparable to Sisperia, but welcome to the Freak Show family.
0: yeah, welcome, thank you for listening. <laughs> a hell of a way to come in <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, we've glad we've snared you, and so now yes, that's right, and
0: we're sorry that that snared you. If that's the bait that got you in, ooh boy,
3: <laughs> no night was awesome
0: <laughs> I mean, you know. I'm sorry. Night Killer, and Night Claws, fade in. Right, no, right, night right are you, you going to finish off your night trilogy, Holly? Is that the
3: you can oh, do one more? You mean right? Night Watch the, like, German horse. All right.
0: There you go finish off your night trilogy and uh, okay. finish it off well.
3: Challenge accepted.
0: <laughs> okay, you got a month.
1: Well, now we're going to go around the table and we're going to tell you what we individually thought of tonight's movie, Big Trouble in Little China. And we're going to start with Michaela
0: uh what did you think about tonight's movie uh picked by our loving audience a big yeah, trouble little well, china
2: first of all i'm surprised that they're being so nice to us again this year after last year they were very kind to us so i was like they, mm-hmm. yeah, they were They this let us year, off easy." like night between Nightclaws and blood beat we're gonna get it i was like <laughs> but so far they're being really nice um i just want to say at the top i i like i know especially with the rumors of a sequel and stuff there's been a lot of talk on is this movie insensitive or, you know, potentially problematic? I don't feel like I'm educated enough on Asian American, Asian stereotypes to comment on that. Um, yeah. And if you, but if you feel it is, then, then that's your interpretation. And that's valid. Totally. Um, I was kind of watching for things in this movie, but like I said, I'm not super educated on that. So I don't feel like I can really speak to it honestly or truthfully. So just don't think we're just, glossing over that and not thinking about it. Right. We just have
0: it. Yeah, we have no I have no idea.
3: Yeah. Somebody else has to tell
0: me if there's a problem with this movie. And that's I forgot. That's what I was coming in this going, I haven't seen this in a long time. I don't know if there's anything in here that I missed. Yeah, that's what I
3: was
2: concerned about. Yeah. yeah. Um uh what's interesting about this movie is like like the no sex scenes, like the the way the violence is handled and stuff, it feels like this movie could be rated like PG almost. But that's, I don't mean that as like a bad thing. Like, it's, it's very interesting the way those things are handled, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kurt Russell's always charming and a delight to watch in everything he's in. So that's... It a great start um i i think that you know this isn't like a movie i'm super familiar with this is like the only second time i've watched it in like 10 to 12 years probably yep. um but i understand why people love it it's a really charming movie it's a really fun movie it's a colorful movie it has amazing set design like it does some really cool stunts there's a lot of underwater stunts and just really interesting kind of like fantasy elements it's it's a pretty fun movie and it kind of goes some really weird places. Like the first time I watched it and that monster showed up, I was like, okay, I don't know what this is about, but I'm into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of the thesis of this movie. I don't know what it's about, but I'm interested. You know, I love the Lords of death gang. I think they're dope. I wish they were in the movie a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> um, I feel like Kim Cattrall's a little wasted in this movie. Cause she doesn't have much to do. And she probably only has like 10 to 12 lines, the whole movie. Um, but Yeah. I don't know. I I like this movie a lot. If it's your favorite Carpenter movie, I totally get it because I think it has a lot of rewatchability and it's, it could be a pretty comforting movie if you grew up with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, like when I say it feels like a video game, I don't mean that like a slam. That's just like how it's structured and how like the action feels. Um, I think this movie really highlighted to me how poorly directed a lot of action movies are now. Um, Like you can actually see what's happening and follow the action and like they shoot it in wide shots and not extremely shaky close ups and they're not afraid to like follow one person through a scene and things like that. It's action movies now look like shit compared to twenty, thirty years ago. So I would definitely recommend it. Strong recommend. It's a good listener pick. I'm I hope we did them justice and what they wanted to hear us talk about. Uh definitely recommend Big Trouble in Little
3: China. Holly? Yeah, um honestly I think you I think you really summed it up well. Um this was also, my second time watching it, my first time was about 15 years ago. I was dating someone that couldn't believe I'd never seen it, so I watched it then. Um, and I remember liking it at the time, but I um I didn't remember my reaction very well until watching it tonight. And um I really enjoyed this movie a lot. And I, I agree with you, Michaela. I think it has it has great rewatchability. Um, a lot of times I think Carpenter movies don't necessarily have the pace that this movie has, as far as like entertainment value, it does move quickly. It keeps your attention. Don't make faces at me, Colin. (laughs) I'm sorry. Some Carpenter movies drag. I'm sorry, but it's true in my opinion, but I didn't say all I said, some anyway. um, I, I, I agree with what you're saying, Michaela about like how it's, it could be a PG movie. It's one of those things where like, I was watching it as well thinking, wow this there's really not like a ton of blood there's not a, like there's there's fight scenes but they don't feel super violent as a, like compared to some things that we've watched there's no nudity like but you don't really notice it unless you're looking for it you know what i mean like just as a whole watching it you don't really notice those things um but yeah it's it's still it's it's a great movie. It's it's fun it gives you like everything that you're it it gives you a lot of surprises for sure like if you don't know anything about this movie going into it you're gonna get tons of surprises and they're all good it's just it's fun it's goofy but in like a really good way kurt russell is charming as fuck and he's he it's a great character even like the dialogue sometimes is so cheesy that it's delightful it's just it's a fun movie um I can see why it's a cult classic. I can see why it's a favorite of most people um, that like the, these types of movies. Yeah, I I enjoyed it immensely. I'm glad it holds up. I was really nervous watching it tonight. I'm like, oh, shit. Am I going to go into this and be like, I don't get why people like this movie. But, um, yeah, it's still, it's still a lot of fun. And there's a reason that it's still a favorite. So, yeah, I definitely recommend Big Trouble in Little China. Sean, what do you think of Big Trouble in Little China?
0: I think of Big Trouble in Little China. Um, I'm, I'm with you guys in the same boat as far as uh, I saw this. I remember this certain parts of this from when I was a kid, especially uh, Thunder blowing himself up at the end. Like those visuals have stuck with me. The ending of this movie, I've seen a couple times. Like I remember it specifically. Um, it's the beginning parts that I had not um ever caught up with or haven't seen in like you said 15 years it's been a long time um so tonight going into it i was uh, i mean it was interesting i wasn't exactly excited to watch the movie it's never been one where i've been like like i need to watch big trouble in little china again it's just you know it's been kind of yeah um watching it tonight it's um uh i did i had fun with the movie i think it's a good movie um there's I mean, everybody is pretty charming. Um, I mean, I, I like all the actors and everybody's doing a pretty good job. Uh, Kim Cattrall is kind of, it's, it's weird. Like they really should have like cut one character and made her something else in this movie. Um, I think she could have done, I she probably could have done more and, and been part of this or she can either have done more or been cut out completely, I think. And that's not based off her acting. It's just based off of, I think what she has to do in the movie. Cause at a certain point, um, you know, she kind of keeps herself out of the action and then she's out of the action as being held captive by Lopan and all that stuff. So mm, kind of mixed on her in this. Um, but it is, when it comes down to it, it is a fun movie. Um, it does take you places. You're not expecting to go. Like I forgot about like how many actual monsters are in this movie. Yeah. And it's, it's fun when they start showing up. Cause like you said, when the claws start coming out, when little orb alien eyeballs start floating around, like, you know, it's fun. It's good stuff. Um, the three storms. I mean, that's good. The the that first fight I thought was really good. I was really entertained by that. Uh, I was surprised by the movie. Um, it's again not my favorite Carpenter movie. I like Holly said. I get it. If you really like this movie, I can see those elements. Um, it's not one I'll be going back to soon. I think like it's just I'll, I, I saw it good. I'll, I'm sure it'll be like another like five years before I give this one another watch. It's still entertaining. Um so uh if you haven't seen it, you should probably give it a watch because it's it's good Carpenter. It's fun movie. Um and again, you know, last collaboration with Dean Cundy and everything, but it's it's good enough. I definitely give it a recommend. I had a good time of it tonight. Uh Colin, what did you think about Big Trouble in Little China? Don't tell us you hated it, please.
1: No, I think this is uh the last great John Carpenter movie. And when I say great, uh. I mean like uh movies that transcend genre audiences, right? Like, you know, A lot of people like In the Mouth of Madness or They Live, but I'm going to say that those movies, like if you're a horror fan, you'll like those movies, Prince of Darkness or something like that. But Big Trouble in Little China is a big mass audience movie. Um, I think it is, you know, like, you know, as I was saying before, after this, his career, uh, takes a different tra- trajectory you know they say he was disillusioned with Hollywood my guess is it's a bomb and he couldn't get a job you know and then jumped at the offer for complete creative control with uh, Alive live films or whatever for his two picture deal over there right. that he did next um, I don't think he came back to Hollywood till um, was it memoirs of an invisible man which seems the least John Carpenter movie maybe that uh, you know that he's ever done uh, you know like a it feels like a hired kind of thing his career's yeah. at a low point um, but, um, yeah, I keep going back to this movie all the time. I think it's, uh, a rollicking adventure. Uh, this is a movie. It never stops, uh, entertaining moving forward. Uh, Jack Burton is one of the great time, uh, great all time, uh, you know, like just comedy action heroes and i think you know comparing him to uh evil dead's ash williams is um you know appropriate because that's the kind of vibe that you're getting off of this guy the dialogue is very snappy um i guess it's a credit to the writer it's kind of got that howard hawks kind of um his girl friday i mean it's like really um
0: that's what kim cattrall brought to it yeah. i think she had that snappy like yeah well oh, we're writing a new story let's go boss. yeah like that's that kind of rat a tat to it yeah. And if
3: I, I was, I was impressed to learn that Kim Cattrall was also working full time on a um a theater production during filming this, so she would leave the set and go to work at her other job. So I'm I'm impressed with with that in itself.
1: And her other job was a play by Chekhov, if I if I remember oh. reading correctly. So she was Chekhov like, and Carpenter, <laughs> yeah, in the same year. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's a, it's a movie. I think like a lot of John Carpenter movies. I mean, this is the curse of this guy's career, right? It was ahead of its time. It was a movie that he made that, you know, nobody appreciated when it came out and has found its audience, you know, and continues to live on. And, uh, you know, just by the fact that we got so many votes for it, uh, and our listener poll, you know, kind of tells you that like the appeal of this movie is huge. And um, you know, people are still very entertained by it. I mean, I personally love it. Uh I would uh I'll watch it again any any day. And there's always something new to appreciate, you know, it seems like a uh, character delivery here or makeup effect there or camera, you know, technical thing uh here you know there. Um and yeah, I think it's uh it's kind of progressive in its um depiction of like a Chinese American experience in uh, in in uh, In America, I guess, or the Chinese experience in America, because it gave a lot of Chinese actors, I think, roles that they didn't have, you know, I mean, because basically, uh, we said Dennis Dunn is the hero of the, of the movie, you know, and, and, and the, and Chinese villains and all of this, like, mythology that's just kind of, like, imported. And I like that, you know, we're kind of given that Western character, Perspective going into it, who has to kind of like, you know, sort through all this stuff and see what's going on. And, you know, just bewildered, befuddled, and out of his depth. And I think that makes for a funny, um, a funny frisson. Right. There we go. I'm like giving you my five cent, uh, French word there. So, yeah. I, anyway, I would recommend, uh, <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China. You're Sean. so classy,
0: Colin.
1: <laughs> Sean, what are we watching next week?
0: I have no fucking clue, Colin, Colin. because you—you you will never tell us. So, Why don't you Colin,
3: we are watching next week?
0: Yeah,
1: that's right. It's going to be a surprise. Okay, so here it comes. So, number two, the most, the second last year, I think we did this backwards. We did we this backwards. That's what I was going to say. Our, we yeah. worked
0: backwards. Yeah, we blew our wad right at the beginning.
1: Yeah. So that was the most, uh, the one that got the most votes. The second one that we're watching next week is 1987's "The Hidden."
0: i don't know what that is
2: i don't yeah i don't know really it oh, i,
0: I oh god oh good okay yeah, this <laughs> is,
1: so this is a, a very popular movie that apparently has escaped the saturday night freak show crew so we will be watching the hidden uh um, right. next Should week interesting good
0: one i've never heard of i heard of i like that
1: okay really this surprises uh, me. I'm, I'm going
0: to go look up. The, I've never heard
2: the, of this either. I don't know. I'm going to look at the poster
0: and the, and uh, uh, see so who's in it, and I'll probably be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, but yeah, right I now." So. I have no idea.
3: I was going to say, shockingly, I have heard of this. I've just never seen it.
1: Okay. All right. Well, that's next week on the Saturday Night Free Show again. Thank you for uh, your suggestions and for voting. And
3: yes. uh, until next week, the basement is going dark.